Take it away. Uh, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Innovation Crush. I just took it away. Did you like how I took it away? You took it away. It was magical. It's gone. It's gone. This, this the moment has passed. Thank you for coming. Uh, th- everybody, this has been another episode of Innovation Crush. Uh, no, in case you don't know, um, this show covers all things innovation. Uh, smart people, smart ideas, smart things, and smart thinking. And uh, today we have a really awesome guest. I feel honored. You, you should feel honored. I feel honored, actually, probably even more so. Oh, well, thank you. Kyle Ellicott? Yes. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Good. My, my teachers never got it right in school, but you what got it What would they perfect. say? They always said Elliot. Like, the C was silent. Wow. I don't, I don't understand how And two happened. T's. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, okay. You're All like, right. whatever you want to do, yeah, and it's yeah. fine. Just give me A's. I was once called Fritz Vincent. Really? Yes. Well, so, uh, well <laughs> that was... Uh, uh, how long did they last as a teacher? I wasn't even a teacher. It was just somebody like, hey, Fritz. I was like, Fritz, where... <laughs> <laughs> or they were, no, I was on hold. And they were like, "Hey, there's a Fritz Vincent on the phone for you." And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, "So tell me, outside of your uh, traumatic childhood experience, <laughs> who uh, Kyle Ellicott is? What are oh. you? What are you doing?" Oh, yes, that's a great question. Um, people would pay a lot of money to hear that question. Um, not for this show. Not for this show. Yeah, it's sorry. all all free for everybody yeah. today. Um, so yeah, I am. Kyle Ellicott. I'm the uh, co-founder, CTO, COO of Wearable World, and we are a media and ventures company for wearable technology and the Internet of Things. In the fun terms, what that means. <laughs> as but you're did staring, you see me yawn? You're like, oh, what is? No, so I, I love it. That's why you're here. Exactly. So you you know a little <laughs> bit about it, but to tell everybody else, you know, the way we break things down is we have an incubator and acceleration program where we work with companies and entrepreneurs. Um, on a three-month class twice a year to help them become successful, build their products, get into retailers, manufacturing, and then also raise money, just like a traditional incubator would that right. we have around here in, in L.A. Um, and in San Francisco. And then on the media side of things, we put on conferences around wearable technology, the business of how these things are being creative, how innovation is being created in this space. Right. And then we also have events that we put on community-wise uh, about multiple cities around the world. Yeah. Um, and then we have editorial. So we have our own little content network that... Uh, That's a lot. Yeah, just a little bit. Just <laughs> and a little how, bit. Lo- how long have you guys been at it? It's, I mean, it's been a little over... I mean, wearables haven't been like that much of a buzzword f- right. for long enough. So how long have you guys been at it? So we've been at it, I think this is our 16th month. Okay. Now, so we're just... We're almost, Are you doing like a toddler? You're counting the months like yeah, a yeah. baby. Just, you know, baby steps. Right. Month by month, month by That's month. That's a lot for a, for a month. I remember, not a month. Uh, for 16 months, right? Yeah. Like it's... Uh, you know, as, as still somewhat a startup, um, how did you go about tackling all those different products within, you know, wearable world yeah. uh, at, at once? Yeah. So, I mean, you're definitely right. It is a ton. I mean, in, in such a short amount of time. And we, we took a brand, an idea, turned it into a brand, into an, a global brand in 16 months. Like, right. that's very rare. Um, and when people do it, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm very impressed and, and humbled that we've done it as well. Um, the way things started is we launched initially with just the idea of an incubator. You know, um, my co-founder Reg Snodgrass and I saw this opportunity where mobile was starting to plateau and, and starting to shift, look for something new that was wearables. Right. So we saw that jumped on with the incubator um, because of our past and our experience that we've had created that. And as we began, saw this huge disconnection in the ecosystem. One, there was no ecosystem. Right, right. <laughs> First disconnection. Two, 
you have all these people, all these makers and all these uh, business people and everyone trying to get into the space, but knowing under, no one understanding how to yeah. and how to build for it. So with that sparked us creating the media side and doing our first conference, which was called Glazed. So you had to educate people on what you wanted to do. Exactly. And Or you also saw a window because there was no educational source. Exactly. Like what, our first conference, the title was the, the Business of Wearables. Right. So we brought, you know, the top minds. Or bow, as I like to call it. <laughs> exactly. <So laughs> or bow. Bow. Bow or bow. bow. Okay. Bow. Bow. The bow. The bow. Um, and yes, I did <laughs> just bow for yes, us. Yes, exactly. Um, I wear a bow tie every now and then. And, and you look beautiful in it. Yes, thank I you. Mean, I mean, I can't lie. <laughs> um, I wish all you could see this. But uh, it was all around the business wearables, top people in mobile, top people in tech talking about this space. How is this space going to go? Where is the innovation going to come from? Is it going to come from entrepreneurs or you know corporations? Right. And from that sparked everything else that we, we did. The event was super successful worldwide. Um, at the time, it was the largest in the world. Right. And from there, we kicked off the incubator publicly um, and launched our first class and then started doing more conferences, more events, and just saw all the pieces right. that need to be filled that, that weren't being created. I've never – I don't think I have. I don't think I've heard of an incubator described as a class, right? Like what, what's the, the distinction there? So some people call it a class. Some people call it a batch. Um, I like referring to it as a class. Um, right. solely because we created a program and the way it all breaks down is very similar to the way we were in school. Like you, you have a quarter or a term, which is three months, 12 weeks, right. uh, in that time you're being educated. And so it all always resonated back to me with school. And so that's why I refer to it as a class. And then the incubator, like people, like what, how's it work? Like a, Hey, I have an idea for a product. I pitched that to you guys. You pick the top, whatever mm-hmm. is that like, what is the process of selection and then getting into the program? Yeah. So if, if you, if you give me a high five, just, oh, just perfect. Five. if you give me a perfect high five, you're automatically in. Mm. But, uh, if you don't, then you have a process to go through. So we, <laughs> we take an application, nope, get in there. Yeah. Uh, the high five was not good enough. Yes. Go to that room. Let's start <laughs> this process. Uh, no. So we have an application that people can fill out. People can pitch to us. And yes, from that, we have about a month and a half, two months time, uh, where we open up applications. Okay. Free for all. Everybody can apply. Anybody can pitch. From there, we select and start narrowing down to about 20 or 25, maybe up to 30 companies. Yeah. And in that process, they're pitching to us. We're getting to know them, the founders, you know, their backgrounds and everything about the product yeah. and the idea. And then we make the decision on you know, which, is, which has the best market opportunity, mm-hmm. what are consumers going to like, what is enterprise going to like, depending on its market, and is it a good bet? Right. And if it's not, and it's something that we want to take a little risk on, are the founders or the team, are they worth taking the risk on? Right. So, you know, if it's something that has a new market and we're not sure, but we take the risk, can we then use those founders and put them into something else if it were to fail? Um, what are some bad pitches you've heard? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a great question. I think with with wearables, you hear some of the most obscured ideas. Like, right. um a lot come from pets, even though the pet market is like two and a half billion or it's billions of dollars mm-hmm. in the market. But people not, have, not the wearable pets market, no, just the, the pet just market. Just the wearable pets market. Really? Like, there's it's that a big? huge opportunity in the wearable pets market. Wow. And people have, they want to spend a lot of money on their pets. And so I think I had one person pitch to me the idea that you could wear a collar and hear 
like when the when the dog barked, for instance, it translated it. Like we've seen in movies. Oh, yes, someone, like yes, someone had this and was like, "Oh, Squirrel. we can do this." Yeah, I'm like, "I okay." They did it great in Disney. I don't think it applies to real life. Um, there are some others, and I don't want to hurt too many feelings. Yeah, 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 no, but, you don't uh, have to go down the list. And the but, people will start listening and like, "Oh, that was my idea." <laughs> yeah, like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that, that's Kyle. The but one that's Kyle like, it, the, as lofty as the dog barking. Like, was that rooted in any sort of science, or was it just like a fun novel kind of thing? I think it was a fun novel. Thing. Okay. Um, what's interesting now, what we're seeing is people have, and, and why I love what we do. So one of the things I always tell people is why I enjoy my life and my job is that we're taking science fiction and bringing it to life in some cases. Right. Some people take that a little bit further than they should and come up with ideas that are a little too futuristic or a little too much, you know, before their time. And so you get fun pitches like that and they're more just entertaining than, uh, than bad. No, I've been there. I I used to uh, work for a production company and we used to go to like pitch fest and we would set up a table and people would come in and i like, the ideas would be insane. (laughs) Like 90% of them were like in almost literally insane. Like if I had the authority to put you away, I probably would. And then you get the, you get a couple of gems in there, but it's just like, and then the, the skill of pitching, right? I think that's even another piece of it. Cause you may have a brilliant idea and if you communicate it wrong, like it's, it's all for not. Do you find that you will take a risk on translating somebody's bad pitch or do you go, you need to learn how to communicate your business as a, you know, a, as a business person? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, well, I, I can already tell you, we had some of our companies who were in that position, um, who had maybe the, they weren't telling the story the right way or didn't understand how to tell it, uh, to make the business model work. Right. Um, we had some that just didn't know how to, you know, they'd only pitched a couple times where they got very nervous in front of people and pitching. Right. And you can't always judge somebody on that. Now, granted, it plays a role because when you're going out to raise money or you're talking to partners, you got to be ready to talk in front of them. Right. And if you can't, that's true. We've got a problem. And so that's one of the things that we focus very, uh, very hard on during their 12 weeks is the pitch. So not just the deck. So what does it look like? How pretty is it? Does it have all the right information? Is it what someone wants to see and can they follow it? But your presentation, the style. life skills behind it, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you can't, right. If you can't stand up and talk in front of somebody about what you do, we've got an issue, right? Um, and there's a several entrepreneurs, not just the ones in our programs, but outside of it that I've worked with in the past of like understanding how to do that correctly, and taking someone who's really shaky and nervous and doesn't know how to to handle it to taking to someone that seems like they're a right. TED, TED speaker. And so the the opposite of that, right, is going to be the, the all-stars, the people who come in and they have stellar products and stellar pitch and, like, completely polished. What are some of the all-star things that have come through the, the wearable world uh, incubator? Or, uh, oh, yeah. I, we've got, I've got tons I can rant and rave about. That. <laughs> All the good students. We'd like, <laughs> they're great. I love Bobby. As, as I'll say, in, in anything I do, I don't have any favorites. Sure. I love all of my children and all of our companies equally. How about we go recent then? <laughs> yes. Then that, that's a good filter. Yeah. Like, let's go with a recent batch or just something you've seen recently. Like, wow, that was, that was well done. Yeah. So in our, in our recent batch, our winter class, we had two two really exciting companies that have kind of hit the map pretty hard right now. Um, one is Drum Pants. So they're a wearable uh, wireless controller. Mm-hmm. And their first product's called Drum Pants, which allows you to place these sensor strips, which are about 12 inches long into your, and about an inch wide, uh, into your clothing. Right. And they have sensors on each end. 
and you can press the sensors and through that music is played. So the idea behind it when the founders created is they were sitting around tapping their pants like they were playing the drum. Like, what if I could hook this up to a MIDI controller? When I tap my pants, it's not about music. (laughs) Continue, though. But, but, well, I mean, (laughs) now now that we've got this out there. It's product number two, by the way. Product number two has been set. So, you know, Tyler and Lay out there, here you go. You've got your next product. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it now syncs up to 300 apps in the music store hook a speaker into it. It's played, it's connects via Bluetooth and you can play like you're a walking, talking band. Hmm. And they just did something wild this weekend at a hackathon and hooked it up with Oculus Rift. Nah, get out of here. Really? Yeah. So they put the sensors into their shoes as foot pedals and put on the Oculus, hacked it so that when you walked or moved your feet, you were walking in the game or or whatever you're viewing. In the world. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the other one is Scully Helmets. So Scully Helmets um, just launched a crowdfunding campaign, rock and rolling, blew through their goal in six minutes. Um, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So they had a goal of 250,000, blew through that in six minutes. It has to be some sort of record. Yeah. Like we're we're waiting for the confirmation from Indiegogo, but I think... I'm calling it a record, so yeah. we'll go. I'll go on record it's, saying it's, it's a record. It's it's cl- it's a record of sorts. If, exactly. If not the record, exactly. It's got to be a record. Of e- exactly. Something. And they are a, they're a motorcycle helmet with a rear view camera that gives you a full 180 degree view behind you, and that view is then displayed inside the helmet, and you can see it's translucent, so you can see That's right through sick. it, and you don't have to focus on it. You, it's all peripheral. Right. So you don't have to look down. You don't have to look over. It's you continue to focus on the road and can see behind you. Well, that's I mean, that's life saving, right? Like right. it's um, and that's what I mean. That's the one thing that I've noticed about wearables, right? At least a, a particular vertical or a, um, a highly popular vertical is health, wellness, safety. Yes. Um, where where does the fun come in? <laughs> right, the drum pants, like perfect right. example. Right, right, and then as far as I, I had a like an example here of just like adding, I don't know if um, adding those fun elements in there where there's incentives tied to it, right? Because something like that, the the Scully right. insurance, right. right, right, goes down tremendously. Yep. Uh, what are some of those trends that you see that are kind of like supplemental to the actual products? So, I mean, most we're seeing a lot in health and wellness. I mean, and I think that's just, it's just a space we're going to continue to see grow um, in terms of changing things. Uh, The other one that's, that's not necessarily life changing, but is, is definitely a trend is fashion. So what we're starting to see is more accessories come out as I take my, my watch off for a moment there. Um, We're starting to see more and more accessories, you you know, I, I'm actually very tempted to. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll call them. By the way, so everyone knows, I, I was just representing Pebble and rocking the new Pebble Steel. Oh, nice. Can I see uh, it? Actually, yes, I was, yeah, yeah. you don't have Here to give go. it to me, but anyone see it. Yeah. So, um, but fashion. So we have this this new world where fashion and technology have to meet and come together. And you're starting to see more accessories, like whether it's jewelry or clothing, um, starting to come out. Yeah. Um, which I think is is definitely definitely going to be huge. Well, it's kind of like the first you know the first of anything, right? It's like it's very functional, mm-hmm. and then you start to make it sexy and seamless, right? So with fashion, and I've I've been fortunate enough to give a few talks on this. With fashion and technology, the thing people are looking for is seamless integration. Mm-hmm. So my shirt right now, um, for instance, could be collecting data, biometric right. data about my my body. 
you would have never, you would not know. I would only know. Right. And if my heart rate went up because I'm nervous, I would get a notification on my phone. But you would never know, and it wouldn't, just seems wouldn't that a make you more nervous? Because I, I think there's a there's a threshold of the amount of information we need. Right. Right. There's a threshold of like, all right, do, did I get my steps in today? That's one level, mm-hmm. but sometimes me seeing a readout of how nervous I am is probably going to make like, shit, I'm nervous. Now you're like nervous about being nervous. Right. Um, do you, has there been any sort of thought in the industry around that kind of, you know, just the human nature and what we will and won't do and what we're fearful of and, and willing to accept? Yeah. So one of the things you're going to see to start to change here in the next couple months um, is instead of giving you data, there's going to be an action item tied to it. So a perfect example. I've walked 300 steps. Okay. What, what, what does that mean? I've burned some calories. Okay. Well, what, what does that mean further? What should I do tomorrow differently than I did today? Same with the heart. So if you're nervous, calm down, start to br- take in deep breaths, start to do something right. to react. Cause again, I don't need all this data. As you said, I don't need to know that I'm nervous at this point. I need to know what to do because right. I'm feeling nervous. And so I think you're going to start to see more of those devices and more of that data start to turn that direction of right, turn you, into solutions right. and suggestions and yep. things like that. That's awesome. Yep. And then I would imagine like the more, you know, are a lot of the devices, do they learn along the way? Right. And in, in that case, right. Like it may know that somehow every night at seven o'clock I'm nervous. Maybe right. it's me pulling into my driveway to, to see my wife and kids, <laughs> but no, but it is those kinds of things where you can kind of learn where the spikes and, or the peaks and the valleys are. Right. So in the beginning, it was all about getting the product out. Then it was about collecting data. And then it was about what do we do with this data? And now it's learning from that data. So now that we have it and we're gathering it and it's moving forward, how can we better predict things? So if you're going to be nervous every day at seven o'clock, how can I, can I tell you at six fifty to start breathing slow or right. <laughs> go for a slow drive around the cul-de-sac before you pulled in the driveway? Yeah. Like it, and that's definitely coming and especially when it comes to health and wellness. So, you know, eating food. Yes. If you're using like a, one of the connected devices, which is a, a fork where it can tell you like what kind of food you're or kind of guess what kind of food you're eating. Yeah. If it can predict what your diet is, it can actually learn how you eat and recommend foods based off of that and tell you when to eat certain foods at certain times based on your body's information. So if you're eating bad food for lunch, not going for a walk, it would come back and say, actually, you should be eating this type of food or instead going for a walk um, hmm. after your lunch. What is it, and, uh, as you add, the more you speak the more like my own preconceived notion about the wearable industry disappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some myths that people, you know, when they encounter you and because most, most times people are going to say, Oh, it's those Fitbits or it's the, you know, it's those wristbands or I walk into like, I, I got a new Samsung galaxy five. They, they don't sponsor mm-hmm. the show, but after that shout out, they will, they, they, they will should, want to. They should. Pebble should as well. <laughs> and, um, yes. There you go. I called them out. For I just you. made like $27. <laughs> Uh, but no, you walk into this section at Best Buy and there's a ton of the, what looks to me as, you know, a layman, mm-hmm. all the same stuff, yep. right? Um, you know, what are some of the, what are some of the misconceptions you encounter from the world at broad that you go like where you can step in and educate mm-hmm. on? So a lot of it is, is the different type of devices. 
I mean, you're right. You, you walk into retail stores and they show you exactly what the mass consumer wants at the moment and that sells very well, which are health and wellness consumer devices. And people think that in some cases, wearables mean jawbone. Mm-hmm. They mean Fitbit. Uh, they mean something that you're wearing on your wrist. Um, and the education comes in from giving them an understanding of what else is out there. The other one is the word smart. So a lot of people start throwing the smart tag on everything right. and understanding what does smart mean? Well, my, my dog's smart. My, my best friend's smart. What, why is my phone or why is my watch smart? Starting to educate people on what smart or intelligent or wearables actually is defined right. as, you know, my, my watch is smart because it has sensors and it reads my data and then tells me what that is. Right. Whereas my, you know, your Rolex watch does not do that. And, and, and so again, understanding that terminology, I think is one of the bigger educational pieces when it comes to consumers Yeah, uh, that we have to, no, that's, that's, I mean, that's a great point. I think, you know, uh, it is where, yes, what is a smartphone? And, and I guess what you're saying is that that step of giving you information and converting it into some sort of actionable Right. thing right. Um, or I can like put my schedule and it will notify me or like everything's being integrated um, as far as like that whole integration aspect of it all you know when you talk about seamless you know what are some of the developments that you see like you know how does your pebble interact with your phone versus your computer mm-hmm. and then you start to really the wearable thing becomes part of the internet of things yep. right yep. Um, but like what are some of the trends you see in sort of each device communicating to another and finally back to me in my brain so, yeah, I, can, yeah. so I can do something about it. So everything right now is, is running pretty much right through the phone. So, you know, the phone is that, that center point. Right. Um, even though mine's super hot right now, <laughs> everything runs through that. So all this data, whether we're in our car, whether we're in a city or a retail store, um, you know, for instance, with retail, there's beacon technologies that are being placed into retail stores so that, when you walk through, it yeah. can actually notify you of a discount code because you're in a particular department. Yep. No matter where you are, this all comes back. It channels through your wearable devices or your connected things and then filters back into the phone and provides you an alert or notification or a reactionary item to then move forward to. And everybody, that's that's the trend. I think what we're going to have going forward for quite some time. And it's all communicating over Bluetooth. So rather than using, you know, wireless technology, it's low energy Bluetooth, which is in almost every major wearable device. And that's out there right now right. Um, as the communication tool to share data um, back and forth between each other. So tell me about GlazeCon. Uh, I was disappointed there were no donuts. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. We um, almost our first one. So two things. Our first one, we almost went out and bought glazed donuts for everybody. Um, also, there's a restaurant in San Francisco called glazed and we were mm. looking at them to to cater everything so it could have been an entire glazed unglazed unglazed glazed event. unglazed unglazed yep. yep yes but uh glaze con so uh this past june we did it uh, with just over or just around 2000 people um talking about the dawn of the wearable economy yep and uh it was super exciting we did two days we had an entire room uh dedicated as an expo uh, featuring all different type of wearable companies, both startups and corporations. So we had uh, Monster Audio there, right. Intel was there. Um, some startups were Oh My Bod, the Lunaback, um, 
Muse, which is uh, a headband that you can wear that can read uh, EEG or brainwaves. Yeah. And then from that can help you like learn how to meditate and actually calm you down by playing different games with your brain. That's right. It's, it's, it's crazy. Wild. Yeah. Um, and so, so it was awesome. You could, you know, anybody and everybody was able to go to this event, um, hear some of the brightest and best minds in this industry, um, from Eric with Pebble, third, third Pebble, fourth Pebble shut out right there. $32. Uh, yeah, boom, 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 We're boom. Up there. And uh, you could hear from them to uh, Stefan Weitz, who is the director of Bing, to um, Tim Chang and Debbie Landa and Jeff Clavier, like all these great names who are in the space, whether they're investors, uh, executives, you know, mobile. So we had Misfit represented, Jawbone, um, Pebble was there, of course. Uh, <laughs> Intel, some of the biggest firms, like so many individuals were there, including the press. You got to learn everything about this industry and where it was, right. where it is, and where it's going. And then you got to see the tech. I mean, we had 40 companies in a room, which was beautiful. Yeah. Um, all red carpeting, like cathedral style. Nice. Stained glass and everything. Um, and you could actually get your hands on What kind of stains on. were on the glass? Just just normal stains. Oh, okay. Spaghetti fight happened the night before. That, that's, okay. It just, you know, it happens. <laughs> get a few people in the room and look at Rowdy, see what happens. Um, but yeah, like you actually got a chance to put your hands on this tech. Right. So this is kind of this expo hall that we created, uh, allowing people. That's to awesome. Things. And then you guys do one in London, right? So there's one in the U.S. There's one in London. Um, what are even geographically, right? There's always been sort of disparagingly different applications and uses of technology depending on where you are in the world. Like Ericsson was way ahead of where we are, you know, years ago in terms of mobile, and mm-hmm. you know, even some developing countries are doing things that we in the U.S. haven't thought of. Right. Um, what you know, what sorts of things have you seen abroad? that are either cooler or something or just, I don't know, like what are the differences and similarities in, in what you've seen in, in other countries? Yeah. So I'd say, you know, uh, so Asia, like, uh, Japan, China, Singapore, like that area, Southeast Asia is booming with this type of technology. Um, they're trying to do everything and anything. Um, and it's some of it's like you said, stuff that we just haven't thought of. Uh, for instance, we're working with a, a company, that created a, this is more the internet of things than wearables, but they created a Pico projector, which is about the size of an index card and about half an inch thick. And it projects on a wall up to 80 inches, a full projection and turns any surface into an interactive surface. So this little Pico, yeah, I I should have brought one um, for you to, to play with, but it's, it's a projector and it will project onto the screen as a full Android operating system inside and it comes with a stylus, and you can go up onto any surface and start touching and interacting as if you were using your finger oh, on so an Android awesome. phone. Imagine, and this is when one of the first applications they showed us when they were pitching to us, that I'm like, okay, this is going to change something. Imagine being able to put up that in a classroom. Whiteboard, <laughs> yeah. gone. Instead, the teacher is there, writing on the wall just like we had like overhead projectors yep, yep. this now which were magical a, by the way phenomenal like it was the coolest thing i like when, when they used to, to lick their thumb and then wipe it off and then it'd be like the streak of saliva but they always thought they got it they got it off. <laughs> and they keep talking and you're like uh that's disgusting right, right? like you're there's some bubbles the most that. disgusting yeah. thing i've ever learned <laughs> and, and just re- imagine removing all that and a teacher being able to write notes 
interact with it, bring in media, bring context into it, and then send it to you. Like if I had that in in college, oh, holy yeah. crap, I would have paid. I would have paid probably more attention. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that, um, but that, and then also just like the ability and the capacity to learn. We had a guy on the show, which always blew my mind. Um, he was Forbes thirty under thirty. A uh, guy by the name of Oliver Bogner. Um, who's like, he'll have 40 hours of reality t- television on the air this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and good thing I have 41. Uh, and see, you, you, you have another record. No, no, no big deal. <laughs> he said, uh, he convinced his parents to allow him to drop out of high school at 16 and go to school online. Yep. And I'm like, that wasn't an option, you know, for, no. for us. Maybe night school, maybe. Mm-hmm. But to, like, drop out, become an entrepreneur, and he literally he had a, re- a reality show named after him called the, the Prince of Beverly Hills or something like that because he was throwing parties. Yeah. Um, but the fact that, you know, not only the technology has enabled things like what you're talking about where now there's awe in the room, of, mm-hmm. like physically in the room, of, uh, or the potential to have awe in the room, yeah. but also like the tools to kind of shape your own conditions and in, in, like present and future. Right. So, yeah, I think there was a time when, when we were younger where it was like, this is, this is the funnel you go down. And if you're breaking outside of this realm, like you, you need to be big, you need to be a big corporation. Now, entrepreneurs are definitely finding their own path and breaking barriers in every way. Perfect example, you know, um, to the point you just made, we had a Peter Thiel fellow, uh, in our last class. So for those who don't know, Peter Thiel, um, created a fellowship. He's one of the founder, original founders of PayPal created a, um, fellowship, a little fun to pay high school students, which Chris and I apparently were not special enough for this at the time <laughs> to to pay uh, high school students graduating to not go to college and start their own uh, business. Yes, I've heard about this, and it was very controversial. Very. And so yeah. Nora Siddiqui um, was in our first class, created a company called Remedy. Uh, it's a telemedicine solution changing the way hospitals um, between doctors and nurses are, are handling medicine um, and surgery. Gave her a grant to right. start a company. And so she said passed on to college, put college off and went ahead and, and started this company, which is becoming very successful. Um, and we have in this next class right now, we have, we have people who are in there, you know, right out of college. I mean, I have right. two MIT grads who came right out of MIT and said, Hey, I'm here. I want to do this. And that, that fire and that passion is there. Yeah. I mean, you go back to our, when we were that age, <laughs> you know, well, so, you know, it's funny because it's like tech uh, in that in that instance is like the new sports, right? Like yes. where the kid, the college athlete has the opportunity to either go into the pros or yep. can go to school. Look, like, at, look at Facebook. Yeah. You, if, if you tell me at 18, if you if I go back in time, you told me at 18, I had the option to go professional and go towards, you know, one of the big companies, Facebook or Google or any, even even mm-hmm. some of the hot startups around town here in L.A. and San Francisco or go to college and become in debt, I would definitely take my risk <laughs> to see if I blow out my ACL or not and get my yeah. guaranteed contract rather than... You can always go back to school. Always can go back to if school. You, as long as you manage your money right. But exactly. And that's a, that's a whole other ball of wax in right. terms of... I used a phrase earlier that uh, has been circulating. You said create innovation. Yes. Um, how do you do that? You don't. You don't. You never hear those words kind of next to one another, right? You yeah. know, either innovation happens or you go into a room and like, yes, let's brainstorm. But how do you create an environment where you're creating an innovation? Yeah. So in in the case of us, I mean, that's that's what we do every day. 
it's, it's pretty wild and it's, it's fun to say. Um, it's all about the pieces that you put around that core. So for us, for instance, we are partners uh, with Technicolor. So Technicolor is a very established company. They've been around for 100 years. They made their dream coat. They, they made dream coat. They also gave us color. Thank you, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> exactly. You know, created just down the street. Um, th- we, brought, we, we partnered with them because of the type of technology they have, the innovation that they've created over the years, and put our center, so our, our, our incubator, in their space. So we've got this great, well-established company who has created innovation over the years, has technologies that they've invent, invented right. over the years, along with smart-minded people, great entrepreneurs, people wanting to do something, whether it's to build a product for consumers or to do something to change the world, putting them all in the same place. It's, it's going to sound weird, but it's, it, a lot of it's serendipity that this, yeah. this innovation just happens. I mean, you know, you walk into a hackathon, something comes out of it. May not go anywhere, right. but over a two-day period or a 24-hour period, something comes. With what we've done is we've put all those pieces or as many as we could think of to put together to spark innovation or to create innovation. So you've got some of the best minds. We bring in even more to continue to fuel that thought process so that what someone is building, it's not just you know so black and white or cut and dry. It is this is my product and it's going to continue to evolve and continue to be innovative yeah. throughout. Uh, it's also, throughout it's also going through the exercise, right? It's, you know, we had a guy on recently who runs M school for Loyola. Lo- oh, I can never say it. Lo- LMU. Yeah. yeah. Um, Loyola. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Crayola, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but that was, it's very much hands-on learning, right? And it's beyond like, Hey, here are the principles of marketing, especially in today's ecosystem, right? You can market through a device, like what we're talking about, or you social media, or you still have television, you have digital, you have experiential, like all these different channels. And if you got one brand, like how do you navigate all those 25 different opportunities to connect with the consumer? Uh, but the whole, you know, his whole thing was they make stuff, right? And and even if uh, one of their projects was to turn a spaghetti colander into a, a spaghetti strainer into something, yeah. um, whether those products go anywhere or not, it's the exercise of think truly thinking outside the box right. that that matters. Right. And you have a couple of winners that come out of it. Well, and it's, I mean, it's it's something you have to do. I mean, if you're going to create something in this space, and, and, you know, back to your point about hands-on, I think that's what's so exciting about this space. So with, we were both in mobile and digital. We've seen that space. We've watched it grow and thrive. It was great, but it was never anything you could hold or touch. Right. I mean, you know, outside of touching on a phone, but you couldn't actually hold it and, 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 and hang on it. With this space, wearables and IoT, it's something you can physically hold. Right. So think about like when we played with Legos and Lincoln Logs. Mm-hmm. Like you would build amazing things with Legos with no instructions because you would just start to think of how things fit together, right. how all the piece by piece by piece you've all of a sudden created this amazing tower in this city. And it's the same thing like with what some of our companies are doing in this space in general is they're, they're making something, like you said, and they're yeah. creating it from not just a digital sense, but a physical sense. That's awesome. As well. um, so the show is called Innovation Crush. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there, oh, I like that. There, that was for you, buddy. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, edit. So, yes. Soundbite it. Take yeah, it. Exactly. Take it. It's all uh, yours. It'll be the first audio gift. You got that's like thirty five. <laughs> you're at thirty five dollars now. I'll, I will give that to you, and in value, you earn two dollars. Nice. <laughs> Um, uh, what are some other things? I mean, you've seen it all. It sounds like, uh, maybe even outside your own industry, it may be a cultural trend. It might be some art you've seen or a meal you've had, but, or a culinary thing. Uh, what are you crushing on in the world right now? So outside of wearables and IOT, I'm, I'm crushing on drones and space. I think that those industries are going to be huge for us in the coming years. I had my first trip to NASA up in uh, Mountain View mm, mm-hmm. and got to see a uh, satellite and missile and rocket. And I'll, I'll show you pictures after the show, and if you want, we can post one for everyone to see. But it was phenomenal. And I think that what's coming next with drones and just where they're going and the idea of, of robotics, because mm-hmm. I mean, that's what part of drones are, it's – I geek out about it. Yeah. Like, you should have saw me at NASA. I was like, oh, we were at Singularity University doing an oh, event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we did a wearable Wednesday event there uh, last nice. week uh, all around health. And they have this room full of books. And I'm, I'm just looking like, oh, my gosh, I want to read this book. I want to read this book. It's, <laughs> it's all about satellites and communication and right. aerospace. I'm just like, oh, my goodness, give them all to me. Um, but I'm totally crushing on space. The opportunities that we have with satellite technologies now that that's gone private versus right. government and then just drones. Like what can we actually do with this stuff? Like, you know, is this just a hobbyist thing yeah. or where does it go? From well, in here? Vegas, you can get drone bottle service. Yes. 20 grand. We're going to after the show. That's what we're going to do. Yes. Garcon. And you just, the <laughs> thing comes down. Now, now could you control Do you control it with your phone or do you have to like clap? And I have comes to you? the clapper plus drone. Done. Yep. Sold. <laughs> Wet Republic, you, you can now take this. Exactly. Uh, complete this phrase for me. Innovation to me is... Is building, making, and creating something out of the box. I like it. I like it a lot. There you go. I well, hope they, that was good. No, it, it was great. It was right. it was the essence of you. Perfect. You're a great guest, so thank therefore, you, you. the things you say. And you're a very, very amazing host. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're the first person that's ever told me that, so, um, yes. so it's good. So um, how can people find out more about you and or Wearable World? Yes. So with me, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, Twitter, it's at Kyle Ellicott, E-L-L-I-C-O-T-T. For all those bad teachers out there, um, <laughs> same on Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and talk to anybody about this space or anything else when it comes to entrepreneurship. Or space. Or space. Happy to talk about this space. space or space. Or space or, or drones. By the way, shout out to some old shows. Uh, we had George Whitesides on, who's the CEO of Virgin Galactic. Oh. We've also had Dan Goods, who is NASA's artist in residence. So, what, what, uh, Do you remember what episodes they were? I don't. Oh, okay. Sean, do you remember what episodes they were? The very first so everyone should re-listen to one. Just scroll seven. down SoundCloud. Just You'll find one, it. One through seven. Everybody re-listen to it. Yes. Um, and then Wearable World, hit us up at wearableworld.co, uh, wearableworldlabs.com, wearableworldnews.com, and then at Wearable World on Twitter and Facebook. I like it. Boom. Boom. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, and we will talk to you again next time.
like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.